We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on the show after a little hiatus from uh, some health concerns, but everything's better now. Uh, Doing much better. Um, Last Monday was the national championship game, and last Monday I was going to do a reaction podcast after the game, but unfortunately I was in the hospital dealing with um, asthma. And uh, like I said, much better now. Uh, Things are going better. Um, But first things first, make sure that you are taking care of yourselves. That is something I definitely need to be doing better of. But let's jump right into... <clears throat> the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. I thought personally that Alabama was going to win the game. And I, I think it's good for college football that that was not the case. Um, just to have um, another winner is always good. Uh, granted, it being somebody still from the SEC, still a power five powerhouse winning but nonetheless Georgia hadn't won since the 80s so it's a big deal Um, hats off to them as I said going into the game I I thought that that the offensive line versus defensive line matchup for both on both sides was going to be the key to the game Um, in the SEC championship Alabama controlled everything from their offensive line against Georgia's vaunted defensive line. Um, and then <clears throat> George, Alabama's defensive line absolutely just dismantled Georgia from that perspective as well, um, getting to Stetson Bennett and forcing some turnovers and such. Whereas in the national championship game, first off, the first half was – I feel a typical kind of feeling out process between two powerhouse teams where <clears throat> they each team didn't want to make a mistake. So that's kind of how the game went ebb and flow wise in the first half. Ended up being nine to six at halftime. Um, kind kind of a boring game if you're if you're an offensive minded person. I love defense, so I was. I enjoyed watching it <clears throat> in my hospital bed, but nonetheless, um, still, it going back and forth between the defenses the way that it did um, set, set up for who was going to make the first mistake. And it seemed like Georgia made the first mistake on that Stetson Bennett 
fumble pass the the debate that went on about that play <clears throat> but Georgia's defense responded to it um, <clears throat> and did really well there after that turnover <clears throat> but nonetheless it, again like I like I said going into the game I I felt if Georgia could get pressure on Bryce Young it would allow them to to do what they wanted to do and, and they were able to do that and they finally were able to make some plays and Stetson Bennett turned right around after that turnover <clears throat> and had one of the best drives you'll ever see um, and throwing an absolute dime for a touchdown there that really opened the game up and Georgia just kind of took control from there but but hats off again to Georgia for getting that W, um, their first national title in a long, long time, since before I was born. <laughs> well, uh, I, I will say their next one's not going to be that long. Um, but today, interesting news for Georgia. Um, their backup quarterback, uh, former five-star JT Daniels, entering the transfer portal. Um, so that'll be interesting to see um, where he ends up. There's still a lot of big name, especially quarterbacks, in the portal. A couple came out of the portal today, announced their commitments. Um, this past weekend in general, there were a lot of commitment announcements uh, via the portal. So I, I'm always a big fan of uh, seeing these guys on social media post their uh their announcement videos, pictures, whatever it may be, just because I, I think it's cool to see, always see uh, these young men get to fulfill their dream of playing big time college football, and it's always cool, cool to see. I feel that's that's just me though. I know some people think it's annoying, but I, I'm a fan and I enjoy it. So, <clears throat> but one of the things that that I've noticed recently from the portal perspective, which, which is why this is a big deal for the whole landscape of, of college football is just the fact that so many of these teams can just change the trajectory of their program in the blink of an eye, like three programs in particular that I follow closely because I have listeners and um and a lot of followers on twitter um from is umass university of massachusetts university of connecticut and then southern miss and those three programs did not have good years at all last year but they have done tremendous in the transfer portal um even just this weekend i mean southern miss has gotten um 10 portal transfers, nine of them being from the SEC and most of them being offensive and defensive linemen where they absolutely struggled in that department last year on both sides of their lines. And now they're getting an influx of SEC transfers coming in, seven of them being from Ole Miss and Mississippi State, homegrown kids. So that's a big deal for, for them. And that, that's going to set their program off 
um, at a whole new level, I feel, as they're about to enter the Sun Belt and I think do really, really well in the Sun Belt West, maybe sooner rather than later, too, because Louisiana is inevitably going to take a drop because they have lost a ton of guys to the portal themselves. <clears throat> but then you look at UConn. UConn's added a ton of guys uh, from the portal and from a transfer perspective, getting a big-time offensive line commitment from UTEP. Um, everybody has seen the quarterback commitment from Penn State. There's some other um, other offensive linemen that they're looking to get in the portal right now as well. And if they're able to get those guys, the offensive line was a huge issue for UConn, like Southern Miss. And if they're able to change that, that again sets the program up for success sooner rather than later. And then, like just this weekend, looking at UMass, getting a ton of commitments from um, the – uh, an athlete from a transfer from Michigan. I saw a transfer from Rutgers, a transfer from Penn State. They just got a transfer from Florida State today at a linebacker position. Um, Juco transfer quarterback. So I mean, there's a lot of a lot of movement going on. <clears throat> but this is a huge deal for these programs, especially ones with new coaches like UConn and UMass or ones with a newer coach who has just been there for one year like Southern Miss in that circumstance um, just to really, really change things quickly. And that used to be you'd go the JUCO route for that. But now with the one year with the one-time free transfers for everybody, it, it opens up something completely different Whereas uh, I think a, a lot of people are seeing it as free agency, which basically, basically it is what it is. I mean, call it what it is, but at the same time, it's, it's something where these new, new coaches and new programs can really get things going quickly. Um, and, and, and I'm all for it. I I've, when it when the when the rule first was implemented, I questioned it. I was hesitant, but now that I'm seeing it in action, I, I think it's a great thing for the players, and I think it's a really good thing for some of these upstart programs to get things going quickly. But that leads into a whole other uh, relatable topic with uh, name in, name image and likeness in recruiting. Um, it's it's been reported with Texas A&M having the number one recruiting class coming in this year. It's it's being reported that uh, upwards to to twenty five million dollars is being spent on these recruits in in name, image, and likeness deals. That's that's one of the the rumors. That's a big rumor that the Texas A&M boosters have committed over $25 million in name, image, and likeness deals to these recruits, which which leads to a huge can of worms that I, I think we all should have seen this coming, honestly, but this is, this is what it's going to turn into 
it's now just going to be even more of a bidding war for these top five-star recruits than it ever has been. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's if it's going to lead to what I don't know what it's going to lead to, and if we're going to have to like create a some some type of system. W- and I don't know if you even can create some type of system where this doesn't occur because these boosters, I mean, we've seen it even as, as far back as the Pony Express days where these boosters in the Southwest Conference were paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for these recruits to come to their school. I mean, it's it's that's the name of the game. These big-time boosters want to be able to brag to their friends in the office, in the workplace, I spent X, Y, Z dollars to get this kid to come to my school. And he just put up 350 yards passing against your team. And we got the W on Saturday. That's why these guys are doing it. It's the same thing overseas with professional soccer. A lot of these professional soccer franchises, the owners have just insane amounts of money where they just go spend it on to get you name the player so they can just brag to their friend when they're on vacation and say, hey, we beat you in this match because I signed so-and-so. It, it, that's it's the name of the game in sports, unfortunately, and that's kind of what it's turning to. And, and, it, <clears throat> and it makes me wonder if what it's going to lead to for the group of five programs because of course the power five programs in theory are going to have the bigger booster base and which would lead to more money but it's intriguing to see what what that could turn into and and i had a conversation recently with uh with a co-worker about about the name image and likeness as far as like uh we were talking more from a basketball perspective on this but but say like those really good wichita state teams from the past handful of years where they had like a guy like ron baker who was there for four years is there is there a way then for somebody like that to capitalize off their name, image, and likeness and into turn it into a four year, uh, uh, something where it's just, they not only build themselves up, but they build their program up over their four years there. And I feel like it's something more so in basketball making runs in the NCAA tournament where that can happen because you catch <clears throat> you catch America's America loves the underdog. So in that case, it, it, it's it's easier from the basketball perspective um, because they get the shot. Whereas in football, the only team that's gotten a shot is the underdog from the G five in the playoff so far is Cincinnati and they weren't able to capitalize off that. So it just makes, makes you wonder if there's a way that, that these small schools can capitalize off it. And I'm sure, I'm sure eventually 
somebody smarter than me is going to come up with something and find a way to make it happen. But it's, it's obviously a new thing. We're learning as we're going with this. And if a school like Texas A&M is able to put together $25 million in uh, NIL deals for their recruits, it makes you wonder what some of these schools down the road are going to be able to do. Like you look at um, <clears throat> the number one recruit this year, um, Travis Hunter is going to Jackson State, FCS, but it's because he's getting a million dollars name, image, and likeness deal through what seems to be Deion Sanders and Barstool. Now, if if that if they're able to do that, then that's a completely different thing. I, I don't I don't personally think the coaches should be involved in that, but it's going to be very, very difficult for them not to be if uh if the boosters are going to do stuff that's kind of out of the control of the coaching staff and the programs, it, the boosters are going to do what the boosters are going to do, um, whether we like it or not. Um, but I, I, I don't feel that a, a coach should be using their connection to get their players a better deal like that. To me, that seems questionable and shady, but to others, it might not. <clears throat> One interesting, uh, interesting thing that I saw today um, from the Miami Hurricanes is uh, they are targeting Toledo head coach Jason Candle as their new offensive coordinator, which is interesting because it – Jason Candle has had success at Toledo since 2016. He's 45 and 27. Um, but in the typical world that we live in, in sports, what have you done for me lately? They haven't won a division title in a handful of years. So, <clears throat> of course, their fan base is grumbling and getting concerned. Well, you're still winning football games. You're just not beating Northern Illinois or Western Michigan. But at the same time, it makes you wonder what he's going to do because his offenses at Toledo have been tremendous um, every year he's been there. So it's, it's never been an offensive concern. So if Miami is able to get him as their OC, um, I think things could really be heading in the right direction for Mario Cristobal and the Hurricanes. Um, and and I think we all can agree that college football will be better if Miami and just in general the Florida schools, Miami, Florida State, and Florida, if they're good, it's better for the sport. Um, the rivalries between those programs and, and, just, and just what it means for those teams to be good. And I think we all can agree if Miami's good – um, what that could lead to from the name, image, and likeness standpoint, from the amount of money that could be thrown around by the boosters of the University of Miami to get players um, could be astronomical. So 
and we and we know in the past that that's never been an issue at Miami um, with those teams in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with the amount of money that was thrown around at those guys. So <clears throat> if if Miami's able to do that, uh, look out. I think that could be a real, real problem. Uh, an- another thing that I'm super intrigued about um, as a Michigan football fan is John Harbaugh and where or Jim Harbaugh and where he might end up um, if he leaves Michigan. Um, very, very intrigued by uh, some reports today. Uh, I mean, there's been reports for a while that have linked him to the Las Vegas Raiders, but uh, and the Chicago Bears with his ties there as a player and such. But there was a report today saying that he is leaning towards the Las Vegas Raiders and the New York Giants. Now, I, for the life of me, don't understand why uh, the New York Giants job is super intriguing, other than the fact that the division's bad and you could potentially win the division um, a little bit. The division is a little bit easier to win than some of these other divisions, I should say. Um we saw the Cowboys yesterday. They're, they're a mess, and the rest of the division is a mess. So maybe that's intriguing to him. But <clears throat> I would not want to work in the New York market with the New York media in the nonsense that, that you have to put up with there. But what that leads to for the college landscape is <clears throat> if he does leave, which – if you would have asked me a month ago, I would have said there was no way that that was going to happen. But with the reports you're seeing, it's it's seeming more and more likely that it might actually happen, which is kind of crazy to me because I actually didn't think he would leave Michigan. <clears throat> but I think he might see the writing on the wall with this past year like, hey, this might be the best Michigan team you can assemble. And you got throttled by the eventual national champs. So can you get better um, is is the way I look at it from his standpoint. Um, so, and of course the NFL and the money and everything, it always, and, and I think a guy with an ego like Harbaugh is intrigued because he wants to go back to the NFL. He coached in a Super Bowl. He wants to prove that he belongs and that it wasn't a fluke and that he can do that. And I think he can, <clears throat> but I am just, what it leads to for Michigan, in my opinion, then is who, who gets that job? I mean, it, I mean, obviously there'll be a ton of people that want it. I mean, it's the university of Michigan. It's one of the big brand names in college sports. Um, but it'll just be really, really interesting to see what happens there. Like I said, a month ago, I didn't even discuss this because I, I never thought it would happen. But now it really, really seems like there's a possibility that this could happen. So uh, it'll be, like I said, it'll be really intriguing over the next week or two to see how that transpires and see what happens from there. <clears throat> um, 
couple more things before I close. Um, the Hawaii University of Hawaii football job opened up uh, this week, or over the past week, I should say. Um, just a really, really bizarre and unfortunate situation there at the University of Hawaii. Um, if you don't know, if you don't know the full story, it it it, it deserves. It deserves some uh, searching and googling, um, just because it's it's uh, there. There's a lot that's happened there. Um, just they they had a Senate hearing uh, dealing with the program just because of of how bad it was. Uh, Todd Graham was given a vote of confidence by the AD, but then. He officially resigned, um, like I said, over this over the over the week, and it it's just it, it it's a really really bizarre situation. There's been uh, there were 19 players that transferred this year. Um, There's just and in those in those hearings with the state government of California, some of those players went as far to say is he took the love of football away from them he is he was the most uh he was the biggest tyrant they had ever been around so it, it really really paints a picture of uh just a really really bad culture and and hawaii is obviously a very specific job where um Obviously, they have some different circumstances than the rest of college football. They're, some of these guys are 4,000, 5,000 plus miles away from home. They're playing. Yes, they're playing in Hawaii where it's beautiful all, all the time. But these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who some of them have never been away from their families. And now you put them on an island in the middle of nowhere and they got to figure it out. <clears throat> But, but nonetheless, I, I, I really feel Hawaii needs to go all in on the Hawaiian culture aspect. Um, I feel like Timmy Chang, one of their former quarterbacks, would just be an amazing hire for their perspective. A guy who was recruited by many Pac-12 teams and decided to stay home and go to the University of Hawaii and be and have one of the greatest careers in the history of college football as a passer at that school. I think it'd be a big deal to get somebody like that who's who's from there, been there, done that and that it would be a huge deal and is going to do things the right way. Um, have the Hawaiian culture be important to that program there are a ton of hawaiian players scattered around college football um <clears throat> all the tugavaloas i mean tua goes to alabama wins the heisman now i'm not saying he's going to go to alab or go to hawaii i mean if you're getting recruited by alabama that's a little different but nonetheless to get some of to get that homegrown talent to stay there when there are so many great players there. Um, and then you have the Polynesian players as well 
that you can get. Um, the, it, it, it's just, I, I, I feel like we've seen Hawaii be so successful before and there's no reason it can't happen again. Um, and, and I'm pulling for it. The, then there's the whole issue with Aloha stadium and fixing that and doing what they need to do there with the facilities on campus. And it, it, it is, it's a mess and it's going to take a lot of fixing, but they need to get the hire right, get the right person in there and get the culture going the way that it's been before and that it should be. And, and I think we're all here to see, we all want to see those late night Hawaii games. I remember staying up as a teenager into the wee hours of the night to watch Hawaii and Colt Brennan and Timmy Chang lead those teams against really, really good football teams, by the way. But I remember staying up till two, three in the morning watching those Hawaii teams play because they were so talented and so fun to watch in the run and shoot offense. And <clears throat> I think college football wants that too. I know I'm not the only person who's got to be thinking that way. So I'm going to close with, uh, I've lined up a ton of great interviews for the off season. Super, super excited. Um, I'll be doing my weekly shows on Monday, like today doing recaps and everything from the week. But then I'll be going back to my Thursday night, uh, Friday morning downloads where you, where I will have interviews with different people, different fan bases, players, coaches. Um, my, I'm going to be going back to that. I'm super, super excited about doing that. Um, this Thursday night I will be having a new Yukon long snapper, Tommy Zosis on the show. Super excited about that. Uh, for all the Yukon fans and sidelines Yukon with my partnership there. Super excited to get that out to everybody um, for the brand of long snappers, obviously. Uh, big, super excited to have him on the show. Um, thank you to everybody who submitted questions uh, to me to get out there and uh, look forward to doing that. And that will be out um, Thursday night, Friday morning for everybody to listen to. So, Look forward to a ton of great interviews throughout the offseason, guys. And again, feel free to follow uh, me personally on Twitter at Coach underscore B Will and the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Always putting new stuff out daily on there and always love interacting with everybody. Uh, again, great to be back on tonight. Hope everybody has a good night. God bless.